Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast for the best shows on TV. And I'm Jake. And I'm Zach. And welcome to our End of the Badlands coverage tonight where we'll be looking at episode 105. What was the title on that one? Snake Creeps Down. And I mean, I'm not going to say it. It's another, I mean, Still. Okay, yeah. I am. It's another whack name, but okay. I don't know what they're doing with the names, but I don't really care that much. Uh, directed again by Guy Ferland and... Same writers as, as the creators. Gogan Millar, as usual. Good stuff. All right. I know we got some new people listening tonight. Um, little announcement. At the end of the episode, we're going to do our giveaway. For yeah, the- that's right. The Sutter File Santa giveaway. Um, we've had a lot of great success. I think we've, what, six times our followers on Twitter, which is I think is pretty magnanimous to us. And... Um, I was, like I put it on Twitter today. I feel like I feel like we're blessed, man. I'm excited, and you know, I'm hoping that these people stick around and give us a listen, and maybe fall in love, and continue to follow, and maybe give us a review if you get a chance, and we keep rocking on, you know. But uh, yeah, I think at the end of the episode, we're gonna let the lucky winner know, and uh, we even should tell you how we did it. I think you'll probably get a kick out of it. Yeah, and absolutely, and then we'll kind of talk about your prize. Yay! So, but. First things first, into the Badlands. We opened up with Sonny and MK training on Time the top out. of the wall. What was your opinion of the episode? Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. Well, actually, why don't you give me yours? Uh, I like this one. I do. Uh, and like I said, the show keeps ramping up and up and up. Um, you know, this one they didn't do as much for the intrigue part of it. Um, minus the Lance Hendrickson, you know... The whole preacher thing coming in a little bit, giving yep. you that little tidbit. Um, this is the first episode where I went on during one scene. You know, I mean, there's been some stuff, but this is the first kind of like cringe. And I think it was more of an editing or timing thing. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, like I said, and man, have they set up a killer finale with all this stuff going on? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, my major thought on this one was this is the most talky episode. The least amount of action. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we got a amazing action scene in this episode, but definitely the most just kind of dialogue and plot movement of yeah, an episode. Just straight set up, set up, set up, and then, okay, wait a minute. Let's have a killer fight scene to try to make up for the lack of what we've been missing for the entire hour. Yeah, but I don't think it was necessarily a makeup. It was just a lot of setup leading to a big fight, yes, but... All that setup was necessary to create the intrigue for the finale, I think. Right. Another example is is that this was the first time we had an intro that wasn't like knock you on your heels, bad to the bone, fighting epic. This was a very slow, you know, more, you know, still more setup intrigue. Yeah, and it looked like they, they might go that route because they're fighting and training and stuff like that. But let's, uh, we'll just jump into it. The opening scene is them training and Sonny's just beating the hell out of him basically beating him down beating him mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. ask him if he really knows the way to the you know city outside of the badlands and he's saying you know no but yes yeah i know it but it's all jumbled in my mind and yeah and it, I, I don't know and then of course all of a sudden him turning with his eyes black and grabbing him and chunking him off the side you know thought it was cool little twist and it made you realize oh wait a minute he's sleeping or something you know well, at first I put a question mark. I was like, was he dreaming? Because obviously Sonny could just wake up, you know, after the day of beatdown. This is true. I mean, if you can survive getting hit in the chest, go 40 feet, land into a brick pillar, have a weird head wound on the front of your face, but uh, and get up from this. I'm sure you can survive a 60-foot fall flat on your back, no problem. Yeah, the only reason I knew he wasn't and it was a dream was because MK wasn't cut. He just turned around with his eyes right, black. and right. So definitely a dream. It's Sonny fighting with the fact that he's going to have to figure Make out some, some way to choices, yeah. kill MK possibly. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But Sonny wakes up, picks up the book, and I was right. I nailed it. His compass fits, fits right in the, in the slot. Yeah. Yep. And once you put it in there, it spun a bunch, and then it pointed a direction. So, hmm. This book has the ability to interact with a compass to create this effect. 
you like the effect that it did or do you go it's pages in of a book i don't mind too much about the magical aspect because of mk's powers like i'm already in that mindset so it doesn't affect me I, i mean it didn't bother me at first i thought it was a really cool that you know it fit and all that stuff but you know what are the odds she has a book that has a missing hole. And what are the odds that he's the one who has the compass? What are the odds that, you know, there's just a lot of... Not it's coincidence. Not super I know what you're coincidental, but, you know, I don't know. It's just like, well, she had this part. He had this part. She's got a... He, I mean, he's got a medallion, you know, and it's bits, pieces, bits, pieces. All of a sudden, it all fits together like a nice little puzzle. I guess what I'm thinking is is that considering we only had six episodes, I think it works because we only have six episodes. I think if we had ten episodes or so, they could make this intrigue and this stretch out where there was a little more of a mystery, a little Indiana Jones-ish, you know, of you know, figuring the puzzle out more with more pieces to it instead of a book, compass, medallion, okay, no, we know what's going on. Right, and I think we'll get a tad bit more into that later on in the episode with uh the, what are they called? The totemites or whatever? Yeah, the totemites and you know, the, the preacher, the head guy, Lance Hendricks. Right. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, where you're talking about uh, when we get to that scene. But, you know, he also talks to Vale a little bit. Vale's worried she can't hide her pregnancy for much longer. You know, basically got to get a move on. Yeah, um, it's the, the urgency is starting to set itself, in which the entire season's been urgency. Yeah, Pace has. has always been high. I mean, it's a super fast pace. Absolutely. Uh, next scene, we move to Widow talking to like, all the cogs that she took from the fort and offering them food and drink and uh, better life than Quinn was giving them. And then we have a scene where she takes one of the boys and like escorts him off. Yeah, she's still searching for the boy. I thought she, you know, from the other episodes, I really thought she kind of figured it out that it was MK and was just kind of, you know, trying to play out of her moves. I didn't expect to see this. No, matter of fact, I thought because all her people are butterflies, I thought maybe she was going to be killing all the males. Uh, I didn't see that. There was a bunch of guys. I don't know why. I think he was the only young guy in the group that I saw. And so I kind of felt like I knew she was going with that. Later on, on, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. He was the only young one that was there. Um, But yeah, no, I, I didn't think she was sure that it was MK. I think she's worried that Tilda's lying to her, but that'd be about it. Right. I got you. Then we got Quinn and Lydia talking with Jade. Now. Is this the whole part about the harvest and everything? Yeah, they're kind of arguing about you know him being spread thin, that no cogs are there to harvest the opium. and. Yeah, the, I mean, basically, if, they, if he's not producing the, the right amount of opium for the other barons it's gonna be another sign of his weakness or it could be a sign of i'm getting big for my britches and you know deal with it you know so either way it's not a good perception and so yeah i mean like i said it's this was kind of like i think all this was kind of set up to be more of a situation to get the two women together and to get their relationship to you know gel and you know make a situation where they become likable to each other and even to the people who are viewing the show. Because I will tell you, after these two have their interactions through this whole uh, episode, I was enjoying the combination. You know, I was the adversarial part of it wasn't intriguing to me because we had already known about past women and past what happened. And so it was setting you up, you know, with this situation. And it makes me question some things that happened in the episode. Absolutely, because I'm, I'm with you. I didn't want to see them be two powerful, catty women, like always at each other, because well, that gets boring. Th- well, there's too many people at odds in this show. I mean, you really think about it, the entire show is just this person at odds with this person, right. and this person at odds with... We didn't need another set, especially one within. You know what I mean? Because I mean, you think about it, the Baron and his sons at odds with him. You know, the women at odds with him. You know, one woman, the mother is at odds with the Baron's son, and then Sonny's at odds with the Baron, but he's loyal, but he's also odds with. The, I mean, like everybody's yeah, at odds it's a lot. with odds and yeah, odds. It's a lot. It's like we need some kind of interactions that are positive, other than Sonny and his girl. You know what I mean? Right. 
So uh, I, I was digging it. Yeah, I, I agree. I was looking forward to uh, them two having a more positive relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, because I just like I'm with you. I want to see that a little bit at least. Everybody can't be just at each other's throat all exactly. the time. Yeah. All right, so we have Ryder basically running into MK as they're heading out for the uh, tracking party for the widow. Right. Okay, and he approaches him. MK asks for his pendant back, which I thought was kind of a silly question. You know, then Ryder starts questioning about him. Where, where'd you find it? What, you know, kind of a strange craftsmanship to come from your mother, you know, and just basically comes at him telling he's a bad liar. Do you feel like the dialogue was a little pushed? Maybe a little bit. I think these two are maybe a little bit of the weaker actors on the show. I'll give you that. My biggest problem was is that why would MK be talking to Ryder anyway? Why would he be allowed? Why? I mean, it's almost like... No, MK takes a lot of risks. Yeah, I get that. I just... I don't know. It just it, it kind of kind of baffles me. I kind of expect Ryder to kind of backhand him, like you know, you don't speak to me. Yeah, I agree. You know, like, I just didn't get that vibe. Yeah, you know, I don't get me wrong. He was questioning him to get information, but he was only questioning it because MK questioned him first. You know, so it, it started the conversation off wrong to even allow it to go that direction. So that's that was my issue with that. I mean, but it wasn't like a uh, moment. It was just, it felt like the dialogue was in the wrong order. Well, I do feel like MK is treated differently than the rest of the cults and well, stuff I mean, like that. You could that. see that just because he's the cult of Sonny and he's the only cult he's ever had. I get that part. Um, I just... Uh, yeah, but I still don't feel like they would allow any disrespect. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, uh, I don't know. That but was the only thing. Forced dialogue, I think it's more just a these two young actors finding their footing. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I do feel like there's so, such stronger actors in the show that these two can kind of look a little weaker. The scene could have been better if Ryder had been more like talking down to him. More know? assertive, yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, I you agree. Know, basically, answer my questions because of who I am and who you are. You know. So, Quinn, we have a scene of Quinn on top of the balcony with Lydia and Jade, and he's like talking to his Clippers. And this is the whole headache scene again, right? right? Where he's telling, you know, we don't need your blades right now; we need your hands, hands for harvest, right? And we get the piercing headache. You know, which he tries to fight off and keep talking, but then he gets another piercing headache. And Lydia has to drag him off, and he tells Jade to lead them. Yep. This is pretty cool that he's given her this kind of power. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it's, it is and it isn't. You know, for him to have that headache then and, and her to make her statement and so on, I get that. Um, like I said, just this this whole harvesting thing and so on. It was just a you know, it's like I said, it was just big setup to get the two women together and so on. Which I do like that, you know. And I, I liked how, you know, like you said, she she came out. She said, "Hey, your Baron will be fine. This is the time to work." And you know, we had that kind of stuff. And so I mean, it worked. You know, I, for some reason, I just I think what like you said, it was just so wordy this episode. You know, there was just a lot going on. I wasn't used to it. Yeah, I think, like I said, this is a slight change of pace. Although the scenes run fast, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. But because it was more dialogue heavy and just show me stuff, not fighting in action, it just seemed to drag a little bit more. But I still can't say it's negative dragging. No, 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 no. It's not negative at all. Uh, It was just unexpected. Right. I agree with you. I can go with that. So Sonny and MK are on the trail of the widow. Now I wrote this scene down because it's just they're kind of talky a lot right now. Uh, this is where MK brings up that he knows Vale's pregnant and they're talking about it. But I wrote this down mainly because did you see the gas station remains? Yes, I thought the you saw like you saw a sign. There was two antique pumps. You know what was crazy about thing that those were like antique pumps, not pumps of modern day. Today. No, those were from like 50s. 
50s, 60s, yeah, like the old curved tops, yeah. you know, spin the side deal. I, I like that they showed the time and the era and that the world has grown up over it. And da, da, da. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, what do you think? Like, a jungle has grown over this thing almost. I mean, kudos. Thank you. I want to know who the set designer is. And Walking Dead, I hope you hire this guy because he knows what he's doing to make things look like post-apocalyptic. You know, yeah, really cool that they obviously went somewhere, found these, you know, junk pumps. These are obviously beyond restoration. Oh, yeah, yeah, and set them out there with. You see the sign, the old like. Yeah, it's leaning over. You could barely see what it is, but you could tell the world had fallen apart, and this has grown up, and this was what they were walking around into. I thought it was in, very impressive. I'm so intrigued to find out what happened that led to this. Do you think we'll find out? Yeah, I think so. I, I honestly, at this point, I'm starting to think that the city beyond the Badlands is the people that like got away and are more civilized. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I you know. I. But where does the magic to... element come in? That's the yeah. That's the whole thing. I think there's there's something mystical more about this, and we're slowly peeling the layers back of the onion to get different tidbits. I mean, like later in the episode, you know, like you were talking about location and cool set pieces, like, you know, the part where they get to the, you know, the preacher and the, those people, you know, I, I read on Twitter when I was reading Al Go, you know, he was talking about they, they filmed that in a very old abandoned school, yeah. you know, and I was like, I mean, a great, a grazing, I mean, just an absolutely amazing set piece. I mean, just, the, yeah, you could not tell that was a school at all. No, I mean, it was just, just like ruins. The attention to detail is incredible. When yeah, it comes that, to what they're doing, what you're looking at visually. Yeah, you could tell they had somebody scout out a location that would fit awesome. Remember the graveyard, how cool the set oh, that was. Yeah. I mean, so, so impressive. I mean, and honestly, the Antebellum homes, you know, that they're finding. Oh, yeah, this is all plantation this. stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's just. I mean, it's really cool. They're really crushing some of these details. I love it. Right. Well, you can just see that that's what they're valuing. And you and I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. That's my artsy-fartsy side coming out. I really appreciate that type of stuff. No doubt. All right. What do we got here? Oh, this is the widow cutting the younger cog to test and see whether yeah, or not he's Yeah, we through MK. all that. You, know, you were talking about the... Uh, they were walking through the woods and the gas station like that. And this is where we uncover the bear traps. No, not yet. We haven't got there yet. Uh. No, we haven't got to that. This is where we find out that if MK keeps using his power, supposedly, with the widow saying, that he'll die. Oh, yeah, that's when she's talking to Tilda. Right. And this is where you get the inclination that hey, you kind of were flirting with that boy. I cut him. You know I did. Yeah, but you uh, also kissed him. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, yeah, okay. You, you got know. a couple bad liars. You got MK's a bad liar and you got Tilda's a bad yeah. liar. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, what are you planning on doing with him? You know, what exactly are you planning on doing? Are right, saying, right. I mean, there's just some... Why are you so curious? I, oh, I want to help you more and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know you're trying to show that she's curious and saying too much. Um, I don't know. You know. They're both impulsive. Yeah, it was... To their own detriment, you know what I mean? Like Exactly, exactly. You know, it's... Like I said, it's just more forced dialogue... When we've already seen scenes and have already heard things that make you understand the widow is doubting Tilda because of several different things. I mean, think about it. She's seen him with the boy. She was the last one there with the book. Her looks, her intrigue, and yet we're still talking and still bringing up items to make you feel like the widow should be aware or already is aware that, you know, one of her chains is not as strong as the rest. And yet we're not fulfilling that or we're not coming to a conclusion with that. And we've been through it three different episodes. You know, I would say that, but for some reason they have a very strong connection. I mean, the widow by herself risk her life and everything to go get Tilda later in the episode. She's obviously very important to her. Right. I don't think we know exactly why she's so important yet. I mean, I know they have a past with her ex-husband and stuff like that, but... I want to find out why she is so attached is Tilda to Tilda. Is Tilda her real daughter? I don't think so. No, because... Because, I mean, she talked about saving her, so it makes me think she's not, not biological. No, and she's such a 
redhead and Tilda's so dark haired yeah. and yeah, just <laughs> I hope they don't go that route. I like no. to see a different story. Moving on to Ryder visiting Waldo, our favorite character of the show almost. Yeah, there's no doubt. Waldo <laughs> Waldo is the best character and Dang it, why does he have to be in a wheelchair? Why can't we have some action scenes when Stephen Lang? Well, we finally find out why he's in the wheelchair. He is the one that saved Ryder where his disgusting foot happened. And he took a blade to the back and paralyzed him. So we find out that that's why Waldo is in the chair from saving Ryder's life. And then that Quinn pushed him aside. It looks like Waldo used to be his regent. Oh, yeah. After he was paralyzed, the you know Baron kind of shoved him aside. So Ryder's going over there for some. He wants some support assurance. For people who have some yeah. respect, you know. That basically, if things change, you know, you're going to be on my side. Yeah, I feel like he knows the walls are kind of closing in on him, and he's got to make a move real fast. Yeah. How about the comments? You know, for a man who only has two toes and a wide cape and coming through that door, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that foot still haunts my dreams. Let me tell you, man. Oh, that's it's disgusting. Gruesome. It's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I like Ryder's comments, too. He's like, how do you do that? He said, like, I don't know. You know, get new sentences when you lose your legs, yeah, you know. Lost, he's like, one sense, gain another. He said, no, nah, you had it while well, you could still walk, too, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I like I really like Waldo's character. He's that Yoda-type character, you know. Got he the, is. Got the good one-liners and stuff like that. You know, but it just makes you wonder the name Waldo. You know, sometimes that name really kind of like kind of catches me. Yeah, but you know what? I think that's why I like it is the fact that somebody came up with that and was like, you know, what? no one would expect a damn Waldo. So no, we'll roll no. with it. This guy is not expected. Well, I mean, look at the main badass. His name's Sonny. <laughs> and I think it's spelled S-U-N-N-Y. <laughs> so yeah. I just... Yeah, like sunny you. disposition, you. you know what I mean? Yeah. I uh, but Ryder asks about the pendant and shows it to him. And he knows it's Azra in the pendant. Uh-huh. But he tells him to go and ask his grandfather. This is Lydia's dad. This is the preacher. This is the uh, actor Lance Hendrickson. Uh, right. You know, famous from the Alien series and several other things. Love this guy. Yeah, yeah. this is Bishop. That's how I know. He'll always be Bishop. That's right. You know, this is Bishop, and I don't care. Bishop. Uh, he will be called Bishop from now on through the show. You're talking about typecast. There's no doubt. Yeah, here's where we get to the bear trap scene. But MK's walking with the other cult, you know, which are clearly setting up. I don't even think this. I hear this guy's name. Yeah, um, I don't expect this cult to make it out of the woods. You yeah, know? no. I mean, I'm no. just waiting on this guy because he's walking in front of him and everything. And I was like. But he's super yeah, cocky bad and douchey. He's like, I'm sorry for my first kill. I want my first tattoo. Yeah. You know, if it's got to be a butterfly, that's just fine. Uh, I'll kill a bitch. Just stuff. to pop like, his cherry. Oh. I was like, Give me a, this is yeah. my first one to die. There's no yeah. doubt. Yeah, this is like the, the raging high school virgin, you know, just like, I just got to get that V card off my list. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just, okay, so what about the, you know, the, the butterfly star in the tree? What? what, what? Why okay. is that, you know, I mean... No, it was a trap. I, I get that, but why was that in the tree? Oh, I think just to lure them into looking at it. That's what was the hope was. Okay. But then you, that, get a really, you know what? That makes total sense. Yeah. You see a star, let's go look at it, and you walk right into a field of bear traps. Yeah, and you get a cool scene where Sonny Dude. flips up and kicks the branch, knocks down a bunch of, like, gumballs. And just shoots off all these bear traps. Very, very cool visual effects. Dude, the leaves on the ground that were just popping up at every bear trap was so cool, man. Very impressive. Very, very well done. How Um, many times do you think they set that up to get that shot? I don't know. How gnarly were those bear traps? Dude, they're so gross. They were like, they looked like they were hand-carved, you know, grinded teeth you know what i mean it wasn't like the typical you know like you see in the cartoons where you know cheap little zigzag pattern (laughs) no these jokers were designed to maim and destroy yeah this was not a fox trap this was full-on bear grizzly trap yeah it was it was gnarly and homeboy in his leg compound fracture (laughs) that's a bone bone. that's a bone sticking out oh man 
Looked but, like somebody, yeah. My man only screamed out a little bit. He took it pretty good for a disgusting leg wound. He was a champion. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't hate on him. He's just like here, bite on this leather, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. no. All mean, right. So next scene is Jade teaching the Clippers how to harvest the. Opium. How about this outfit? Okay. I mean, she went I mean, full on. Went full on Dr. Uh, Quinn medicine woman out yeah. here. You know. Absolutely. I mean, got the entire big giant white hat and the white <laughs> dress. I'm like, yeah, I don't see that as your outfit for out the working in the fields, you know. Yeah. Who is it? Was it uh, Jane Seymour? Yeah. Is that her name? <laughs> I mean, it was like, yeah, I'd see. Hey, Lydia doesn't want to be outdone, pulls up in the, the tightest of aprons that you can I'm put talking on. Like, was she breathing? I mean, <laughs> it's like a corset apron. <sighs> I mean, hey, I'm not I mean, hating. They're beautiful women, but they. I mean, they both are. I'll give you kudos on that. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> you're so right, man. These outfits, like, these are not what I envisioned for out in the field work. No, no, you don't plan on getting too dirty if that's what you wear. Nah, you're a little too attractive for the field. Um. <laughs> So Vale starts treatment on Quinn in the chair with this crazy apparatus with glass bottles of that are IVs and you see the yeah you see the, like the giant metal accordions going in every direction they had the different mason jars of the pumping yeah, yeah I mean I was like what and then the the IV uh, band that was leather and you slide it in it's just like oh. ooh <laughs> yeah I mean you're talking about brutal just <laughs> I mean, you've got to be a man for that iv i gotta be honest <laughs> and i'll be honest totally i'm terrified of the doctor terrified of needles that stuff makes me queasy i don't like it at all just uh drop your man card on the table right there Dude, I'm taking i could that. do <laughs> i could do with beheadings and arms limbs chopped off uh. All kinds See of a little gore. needle go for your vein, and but I hate needles, man. <laughs> oh, you turned into Nancy Drew. Jesus, Nancy, that don't even make sense. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. Quinn's kind of needling at at Vale about. Go ahead, ask the question you've been wanting. Yeah, to ask yeah. Me. You know, what is the purpose of lying here? What 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 are we trying to do here? Is he trying to call dis, you know, dissension between the two of them? Is he really trying to break them apart? Does she really believe that it was Sonny that did it? I mean, come on. I don't know. We don't see her again in the episode, you know. So there well, obviously I mean, her reaction looks like she kind of absorbs it. But I mean, come on. You have to know this guy is just an absolute piece of crap who's killed your parents and would say anything to keep you on his side because you're his last-ditch effort to live. Yeah, but what I mainly took away from this scene is how much I like this guy as an actor. This dude can knock it out of the park. I he, wish I had known he's in something else. I, I'm just trying to think of some work that I know him for. I mean, can, can like you think I said, of the main thing I know him from is Kingdom of Heaven, the movie. Right. Uh, where he plays Guy, the bad dude in it. and uh, Well, the he, guy's got a, a great bad guy look. I mean, oh man, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, kudos. There ain't no doubt. I, I really, really like it. But yeah, like you said, he breaks with that big ass lie about how it was yeah. Sonny's blade who killed the parent, which is true. It was true, but who was holding that blade is a different story. But he was the one dealing the death. Um, then you see the surprise on her face, and that's obviously setting up for the final episode. Could yeah, lead you, to you're, something. you're going to create some dissension. So now Sonny's not going to know where if he even has his own woman and what's going on and. There's going to be questioning of loyalty, and it's just a lot, a lot going there. But I do like him saying, you just turn that poison up a little bit. No one will know. No one could ever blame you. You know, he's like taunting her, like, just do it. Well, I think in his mind, he knows he's dead no matter what. Either, you know, there might be that chance she saves him, but if I, it goes ahead and finds out, you know, if her real intentions are to kill her or to kill, then she'll go ahead and do it. You know, but if her real intentions are to try to save him, he's going to find out. So realistically, I mean, that is a legitimate risk to take. Yeah. I mean, she could get her revenge and deal with the biggest hurdle in their way of escaping, you know. So we'll see. We'll see how that ends up turning out. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm really wondering how Quinn's character is going to, how this is going to go for him in the long term. Yeah. 
Next scene, we got Sonny working on the broken leg. You know, got the guy handing the leather strap in his mouth, and he's snapping the bone back into place uh, yeah. and tells him, oh, you're no good on this leg. Mm. Obviously. Thanks. <laughs> Captain Obvious, your son's right over by the tree. Yeah. So they're going to camp here for the night, and Sonny's talking to MK for a second. First watch. Uh, yeah, about first watch. And you realize, you see Tilda is lurking nearby. And eavesdropping, basically, on him. Uh, she, she... Well, that's a couple scenes from now. She doesn't yeah, talk I mean, to him she, yet. I mean, there this is This is a quick edit. Yeah. Uh, where they just do the foot thing, and they put him on watch, and then they just... Next scene. Yeah, know? I don't understand why they do that, because... The next part that was important is, you know, when they, they go over there conversating and she goes in and says, the more you use your power, the weaker you're going to be, you know, that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden you see, you know, Sonny turn around and swat, swat to the ground yeah, she Jack, goes, you know, yeah. for as bad ass as she is, you know, she went down quick. Uh, we're going to talk a little more about that later in the episode too. Um, Ryder goes to see grandpa. Grandpa. Bishop. Bishop. That's right. That's Bishop. Yeah. Bishop. Not preacher. Bishop. Or and I had no idea he was going to be in this episode, and I was super happy to see him. Yeah, I saw it. It was, you know, Al Go was tweeting it up the whole time. Yeah, well, this I saw it later. Epic episode of Lance Hendricks, and you know, yeah. Uh, but this dude has has a roadmap for a face. I mean, oh, there's no doubt. Plays an awesome old guy. I mean, nothing against you there, Lance. I mean, I, forgive my brother for basically just saying, you know, you look like somebody drove over your face, but you know. Um, <laughs> Now you gotta admit the guy. The guy is fantastic at what he does. This character is perfect for him. Um, Oh, he could easily pull this off. Now that I've seen him do this one part, I couldn't think of another person do better. Okay, so this is a new religion, basically. That's carried over. You you know, you you worship totems. He's like, no, I really, you know, I teach acceptance. You know, and yeah, this guy's like a. He appears to be like non-violence. And you worship the totem, and then when you make a like a wish or a prayer for something, you destroy, you destroy the totem, right? Um, or that's like your moving on type of phase or something like that. Anyway, he asked him about the Azra pendant. Did you get the vibe that he was lying? Not at first. I totally he, did. But he says like, it's a y- story. Yeah, as soon as he started talking about like, well, there's a story they tell children, and da da da. I was like. You don't give a crafty pendant like that to orphan children, you know, and all that stuff. I was like, you know, that that story nosedived and died. As soon as he started talking about it, I immediately picked up on that. He is going to become a key character to the story of Azra and that he's leading Ryder astray. And of course that came to culmination later when he's like, okay, We've got a dark one that needs to be cleansed, you know. And so you right. realize that Totem Knights are not as peaceful as you think. He's leader of no, who knows very well what that pendant means. And so obviously that is a symbol of a special dark child, whatever it is. And it's probably the opposite of whatever he's trying to represent. So this kind of goes kind of like the religious base, you know. You know, Even in today's world and other movies, we talk about, you know, the good versus evil and so on. You know, this reminded me of a little bit and maybe could go this route is the um remember indiana jones and the last crusade and the guys that were like attacking uh indiana and but then they realized later on that they're just trying to protect the uh you know trying to protect the secret the grail the you know the veil i mean the the grail right there yeah the grail and its its location and ultimately correct that's how i almost feel about these guys like they're kind of a secret society type of people that are protecting the knowledge of it's an unknown alternative motivation yeah right and we learned a few things we learned how lydia met quinn that he just rode in one day looking you know on a hunting party basically and they never looked back and you know he was against them wedding and that he was too brutal of a man love at first sight baby yeah and but Ryder says that she still practices. She keeps it secret, but he's seen the totems before. and yeah, well, So know, she still has a little twinge of her past life. So they're still a part of it. That's right. Right. You right. can't help but a tall, dark, and handsome rolls up on the horse. <laughs> You're dead weight, Dad. See you, bye. Yeah. Yeah. And you could tell it was kind of 
extending the olive branch to Ryder at the end there. But then he was like, I'll make my own path or destiny or whatever he said. Yeah. Then Quinesque. Cleans his ass. You know, yeah. at the end, you know I mean? So. Yeah. Well, you know, that whole, you know, the dark one cleans him. He's talking about MK. He's talking about, you know, that pendant. That's why I say him showing that pendant and saying, I took it off a boy that we had here, that came to us at the fort that we investigated. You know, uh, Bishop's character was like, okay, we have a dark one. We must get it cleansed. You know, he's talking about MK. He knows what MK is, just like the widow knows what MK is. And that's what I want to know. I want the background, the history of that. We, we've got to get that. Okay, because see, I thought he was talking about cleansing Ryder before he nah, got too far. No, nah, he's talking about MK. Oh, uh, okay. Him showing that pen yeah, totally and him giving that. him that bogus story about, oh, it's orphans, well, that stuff. No. He immediately said, okay, now we have identified a dark one who needs to be cleansed. You know, and so even in the previews, there's a little scene there we'll talk about. It. I'll show you. you can kind yeah, of talk I know, about I know what that. you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I just totally let it fly over my head, obviously. Well, I mean, you were starstruck with Lance Henderson. I understand that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this is where Tilda's talking to MK, telling him he can't use his powers too much or he'll die. Sonny knocks her ass out. And then it goes to back to them. And Sonny's like, tell me where the widow is. You know, don't make me have to torture your ass or anything like that. The other cult jumps on her like, there's only one way. And she bites his ear off. Which is awesome. I'm all for it. It's it's Mike Tykenishness, you know, but I mean, it's... Uh, it was cool. Just so we're all clear, do you know how hard it'd be to bite off somebody's ear? Well, I'd say that. But I've seen a horrific thing happen when I was in school. Where a kid kicked an ear off a boy. What? Yeah. Yeah, I was in recess. Kid was doing the cartwheels and like uh, tumbling and stuff. Came back on like a whatever backhand spring. And me and the other kid were turned our back to him, and his heel came down on the side of his head, tore his ear off. His name was Colby. It was pretty sick. I need a bag. They glued his <laughs> ear back on. Oh. You can't see anything was wrong with it. Come on now. You didn't use Fraser Chrome, a little duct tape or something, you know? I don't know what they used to hold it on there until they got to the doctor. But uh, <laughs> uh, Here, uh, just hold that in place for me, will you? Yeah. Next so, time. Uh, no more. No more. Show and tell or stories from you. Okay. <laughs> Gruesome, dude. Uh, so we got Jade helping Lydia with her just tore up hands. You poor soul. One working day just has ruined her hands for I mean, soft and delicate are now sandpaper. Yeah. Um, what was that, Garth Brooks? Her hands of leather turned to velvet in a touch. <laughs> 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 yes, that summer. Yes. Uh, Oh, I am impressed. Yes, that's a pull. That's called a pull. (laughs) You pulled that out your ass is what you did. Okay, so are we to assume at this point Lydia somehow poisons? Okay, so we are to this point. So, you know, Jade's talking to the Baron, you know, and the whole nine yards. All of a sudden, you know, and... She's getting ill, or whatever, and this is, and then she starts foaming at the mouth. Okay, she has a seizure. Basically, it's a seizure. Are you know? Are we to believe that she's been poisoned? Are we to believe that she's just having a seizure? Are we believe this is something else? What is it? I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't the only concern know. is Jade knows that Lydia possibly killed the ex-wife before her with poison. Remember? Uh-huh. The Mary chick told her that, right? I think this could possibly be a fake out. That it's not Lydia that's did this. Because they did not show anywhere where there was any kind of like handoff or her giving her something to drink. They didn't drink. give you any inclination that something bad was about to happen. The only thing I can think of is this. Lydia... Okay, was out in the fields working, but she knows where that bad bush and bad stuff is. Da, 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 da. What's to say she didn't go get some, and then she went and made this big pot of soup, and 
this is something she's tested and saying it's good, da, 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 and she's having an effect of it, but it was really to wipe them both out, maybe? Is that is that too much of a stretch? That's too far. That's a bridge too far. Yeah. But they did know. make note of the soup. Yeah, like, to make point, like, I made this soup, you know, da, 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 da. I was like, mm, is that a clue? Is that, you know, does that have a point to why we did that? You know, I don't know. Why would she poison herself other than to maybe frame Lydia for something? Uh, I can think of better ways to not foam at the mouth and convulse. Or not risk your life. Yeah. Amen. I mean, come on. Um, I don't know, man. Ryder, possibly? Possible. Possible. And I know we jumped ahead because before this is when they're, when they're having the big fight scene. No, no, no. Yeah. This is Quinn waking up with Lydia right, okay. next to him. And uh, all right, so he's on the ground and he's hollering, help, help, you know. And then we're to we're back to hold summer. on, hold on. We're not there yet, actually. We got we got two scenes mixed up. This is where Quinn wakes up and Lydia's next to him, and they're kind of like touchy feeling, holding oh, hands, yeah, talking. She's like, "I'll always be with you, thicker and thin. I'll be at the door." Sonny shows up, and Quinn tells Sonny to yeah. not see Vale anymore. I don't want you with Vale anymore. Right. Whatever you wish, Baron. Right. Yeah. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. And then we just get a quick scene of Sonny tying Tilda in the jail cell with MK screaming and hollering, what are you doing? Don't do this. Tilda spits in his face. Mm-hmm. Which is just, Boy, I mean like a real deal spit. I mean like you whopper. got the entire globule going across <laughs> the eyebrow and on the face. Yeah, and I was like, They went for it all on that one. Okay. Daniel, and- Daniel Wu, kudos for taking that in the face. Yeah, I don't see how you fake that. You don't. It looked too real. Homegirl had some nasty saliva. I mean, she was saving that junk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another <laughs> disgusting sound. But then this is where Jade comes to Quinn. Okay. All right. There you go. Gives him the soup and then seizes. Says that she's had a long day because he's kind of getting a little touchy feely. Oh, yeah. And then she said she's had a long day, worked her hard, and then passes out. Yeah. Or has a seizure, actually. We think. Right. And he's hollering help. Okay? Cut to commercial. Now, we get the widow. Okay? Well, we've been waiting on the entire 45, 50 minutes. So, we get Sonny, who appears as he's about to torture. Did you ever think he was going to torture Tilda? Nope. Not at all. I had no ideas. I was like... Soon as soon as the widow finds that sword stuck in the tree that had the symbol on the bottom of it, it was a it was a marker. This was all a setup in my mind. It was all hey, there's a reason, you know, that that sword was left there, that marker was left there, and so that she would show up. You know, that's how I that's what I got that little symbol on the bottom of the handle. Did you get that vibe from that? What was the symbol on the handle though? I don't know. It looked like an upside down crawfish to me. I didn't have a clue what That's it was. What I, thought. I thought it was some <laughs> weird mollusk yeah. or something. I was like, what the hell is that? It's a know. shrimp. So, all I know is, is for all these amazing details, and whatever's on the bottom of that door handle, but you know, it was it looked like amateur hour or I couldn't read it. It was lost upon me. I'll put yeah, it that so way. So anyway, I don't know anyway, if she Sunny... looked at it and immediately said and knew what it was, where to go, and where to be. You know well what she saying? knew it was a clipper's blade. She knew that. Okay. But she also told her guy Talk to my man at the fort. I need to gain access tonight. So I'm assuming that's Ryder. Wouldn't you think? I think so. Okay. The only thing that makes sense. Right. So, which there could be a possibly another turncoat in there somewhere. There you go. And they want you to think it's Ryder, but it's somebody else. So, because what door did she, she came through that same tunnel that MK escaped out of this that is one true. time. Right. This is very true. Anyway, so Sonny's over there picking out blades that he's going to possibly torture yeah. with. She drops down, comes in, and then Sonny sneaks out from the side. Oh, yeah. And she kind of has a little bit of an oh shit moment. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I uh, wasn't expecting you, yeah. but okay. Uh, and then she, we she, have... I love the line, you know, you're not escaping this time. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. So she has double blade, he has single blade, and they go at it for a while. And my then man, My man Sonny is legit. Yeah, he's the real deal. And manages to keep constantly kicking her in the stomach. Dude, how many times does she take a shot in the chest area or the stomach with a, with a, with a boot? I mean, She takes three abdomen shots with the boot. 
before she's kicked through a wall. <sighs> which she does a strange acrobatic underflip to land on her face. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because she, she gets tur- kicked backwards, and when you would think she would land on her back, she actually spins under and lands on her face. Yeah. All right, right before that, there was a part where they were in the sword battle, and then she puts her foot up against the wall. Oh, and then walks up the wall. And then kind of spins up that wall and so on. Completely impossible physically and, you know, in physics, in the world of gravity, but cool as hell. Yeah, damn physics. Because she gets kicked one time, does a full backflip or front flip and lands on her feet. Yeah. And then she keeps fighting. I'm like, nah, but it's awesome. Who cares? It was awesome. I don't care. I mean, from bad chick, boy. So... Now we leave to the Arsenal fight, where it's just, oh, oh yeah. What, let's what, swap how weapons. How convenient is that she goes through the wall into a room that's got 4,000 different bladed weapons in it. <laughs> but how excited ready. are you, though? You're so excited because you see all the array uh, of me weapons. Me and my wife are looking at each other. I looked at her and go, really? <laughs> yeah, but the widow like looks over at those, uh, what are those things called? Gladius? Uh, yeah. Is that what uh, they're called? You're talking about the big giant J-blades they, they have? No, not that. The... Um, Oh yeah, you tell me about ball the, and chains. The, the the flails. Flails. Yeah. Okay, and she goes double flail. She starts. She has yeah. a little pose where she's like swinging. Her. Uh, yeah, I'm it like, was like. Oh god, it's. I hate to say this. It was this a bit is cheese. not sexist, but cheese. I mean, it made me feel like there, the flails shouldn't have been twin. It should have been some like some tassels flew. It was yeah, awful. It could have been. It was a very sexist pose of her. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. I mean, she, could have uh, easily been a couple rubber dicks. She was just slinging. Oh, <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. Good night. Good night, everybody. I'm out. I, mean, I agree. I agree. It, it was, was a strange it, shot. It, it looked like, it, like I said, it looked like a very amateur porno or something. It was just very. <laughs> she's a dominate. She's wearing black leather yeah, dominatrix. Yeah. I thought this was a miss. I mean, it was like, come on. I mean, I didn't it was, care. It was over sexualized. It was, uh, like I said, we're making jokes about it. You know, I mean, we're not alone. People are looking at it going, really. Really? I mean, yeah, you got her rusted her hips forward and her swinging them things around. I'm like, <laughs> all right. That's what I'm saying. This last couple minutes, I was like, what? You know, no, I love this fight. I don't care. I think the fight was great, but that scene was completely unnecessary because it, it puts a sexual view of a woman out there. It was not. She has been nothing but a badass, top character, you know, high respect for handles and then for her to have this scene like you know hey boys you know i was i mean it just didn't look right i understand it was a split second of a awesome fight scene so i didn't you know know what that was that's what you call having two male writers you know (laughs) who are fanboys of their own stuff creating a scene with the most awesome female character you never know that could have easily been her wanting to ad lib that in and they'd be like, okay, we'll let this one go. Because it's only a split second that they show it. All right, but anyway, so Sonny's <laughs> he's going shield All right, to start with. So it's she's a different just, type of weapon, yes. She's just battering him with the shield yeah. and stuff like that. Anyway, they lock up, swap to the other side. Yeah, and now she's got the cook, the, the hook knives or the, the hook big swords. hook blades. Yeah. And Sonny's got the Joe blade. Yeah, the Joe Blade. Yeah, good for yes. fighting as well as cutting wheat. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> my brother and I worked at a golf course. These things come quite handy. Yes, when you're trimming back some weeds, <laughs> as uh, well as when you have those moments of wanting to be medieval fighters and yeah, you, you know, yeah. very slow mo attacking each other. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just joust on these golf carts with these bad boys. Uh, no, that'd be deadly. Um, but yeah, so they go at it with those. Good fighting more often. Everybody uses those hooks on the end of the blades to kind of pull blades out. And, yeah. Uh, I really love this. This is awesome. And then if I'm not mistaken, they go back to their swords after that, right? Yeah. He gets a he gets something because he, he gets her on the side, you know, like right in the abdomen. He gets his sword back. That's right. what he, he gets. He, uh, he gets a slice or a stab or something right there on her side when she falls. And this is right about the time that um, – MK decides to cut himself and blow the door off the hinges, you know. Well, he goes in there to get Tilda untied, and the Colt's like, what are you doing? He wants to fight with him. He gets Tilda unleashed. Yeah, did you notice the Colt, this Colt was beating the crap out of Tilda, which is supposed right, to be one of the best? This is what I wanted to talk about, because they lock MK into the cell, and he is beating the fire out of Tilda. This is the part I don't like. 
Yeah. Because Tilda has proven she went against a guy with a blade, and she did not even use her weapon at all. And she snapped his neck, couldn't be touched by the guy. You remember? Yeah, and this colt is beating the piss out of her. Yeah, keeps kicking her in the stomach. Yeah, see, that's what I say. The whole end of this episode, I was like, there was little things over and over and over again that really hurt it. Yeah, that that kind of soured me a little bit because Tilda has once again, like just like the widow, has proven herself a badass. Now, when Sonny knocks her out, I don't have a problem with that. Sonny's top notch, but this little guy kicking her in the stomach several times. Yeah, I mean she should have snapped his leg at some <laughs> yeah, point. Exactly. You know, she's been whirling around, use her thighs, broke his neck, and be already walking over there to help her mommy. Correct. You know, and it was just. You know, the damsel in distress was not plausible with her to create the MK wanting to cut himself. Even yeah, though she's it's an assassin. Another, it's another example of we need something to create this scene. Okay, let's make her look like the damsel in distress. So he cuts himself and then does this, whoa, you can, you know, and takes the door off the hinges, you know. Takes the door off the hinges, takes the guy off his feet, and into the rack of weapons, stabbing, impaling him. Impaling him right to the chest, yes. Yeah. Um, and, stuff. and this causes Sonny to be like, um, what's going on around the corner? I'm going to stop what I'm doing when I have the widow down and I can basically finish her. Well, I think he's aware that MK has turned. And he knows, they, hell, they could all die if MK doesn't turn or faint. Do you know what I mean? That's why you see him walking up on him real slow. And now everybody has witnessed his power. You know what I mean? Sonny's seen it. Uh, he's been seen it before. But now the Widow's seen it. Knows for sure it's MK. Well, Tilda also knew about it. Now, the only person who learned something new was Widow. Well, no. Quinn was watching. Oh, and that's the part I didn't care for. Why? Seconds earlier, help, help. Now we're down in the prison. Well, way off into the prison. I think we're going to find out why he's down there at some in the next episode. We'll find out why he came down there, I think. That was two bridges far apart. I mean, it's just, you don't go from, help, help. She's foaming at the mouth to, I'm lurking in the prison, watching some fighting. I mean, I just, I don't know. I think that was an editing choice that was blah. You know, we needed something in between that. We needed to, you know, I understand you want to let the last episode to leave a lot of questions out there to make you salivate, but him being down there to see it, I mean, literally the last scene you saw him in, he's on the floor, you know, with the IV, helpless, useless, and now he's down there watching him fighting. We'll see. Like I said, give him a chance to explain how it happened. I hope they do, because that, like you said, her whirling her little weapons around, (laughs) Tilda getting her butt whooped, you know, those two or three things in a row, this cult not being, is not a bad uh, there's several little things right there in the last 10 minutes that that hurt the episode. That's what I was like saying. When I started my opinion, I was like, the end of the episode really kind of missed on a few things. And I really, really feel like it's because we're trying to squeeze eight episodes or 10 episodes of content into six episodes. And unfortunately, they don't have you know, any, any way around that. Pilot seasons are always six episodes. But I also do like that I'm also scared that if it was eight or ten episodes, that this show would be drag and it would suffer. And we would lose this pace I like so much. So it's tit for tat. You know, it really I agree. Can. But they also could, where they require so much time in the episode to drive a plot, if they had more episodes, they could throw in more action too. You know what I mean? It could balance itself. Because you'd have more time for plot, but more time for action as well. If it was a full 10 to 12 link season. You know what I mean? Right. So I could see that going both ways. You're right. You could have bottle episodes and filler episodes. But you could also have more action thrown in because you're going to get a bigger budget. You're going to get more time. You know? Right. I know what, what they did with the Baron thing, though, is really make you... Like you said, salivate for the next episode. It's all it is. Now, your two big leaders know what there is. Sonny's secret he's been trying to keep contained is exposed. Uh, Tilda, you know, is gone. And now Sonny's woman is in doubt about him. 
Um, we also learned about the preacher and what his alternative motives are. There is a ton of stuff that's going to be going on in this next episode. And I'm kind of curious. I, w- I wonder if our next episode is longer than an hour. I, man, I swear, for as much as going on, it almost has to be. They need a, they need a two or an hour and a half at least to right. you know, cover a lot. I really feel like that could be a, that could be something really, really good if they did that. Man, that preview. I mean... It, see, it has a lot. Man, the, the preview. preview had a ton. I mean, you see the totemites, the white robes. You see MK in one of them. You see, you know, you see Sonny fighting multiple different characters. You see the yeah. bear and up and Adam fighting. There's just, it looks epic and action-packed. It looks Absolutely. like from start to finish, it's going to be nothing from balls to the wall of, you know, gun-ho fighting, war, deciding, you know, learning about the history and mysticalism. And and probably will do a really good job of setting us up for season two. Which, by the way, Daniel Wu has said on Facebook that we there is going to be a season two. So, applaud. Yes, uh, I saw what Wu said. I want to hear it from Gog and Millar. Have we heard that yet? No, I have not. So I'm hoping that there's some big announcement by them. I hope so too, because you know. Here's the deal. I looked up numbers. I looked up comparisons and so on. Um, when Into the Badlands was going on behind Walking Dead, its numbers were fantastic. It broke records, its first episode, and so on. But they attribute a lot of that to part of Walking Dead being inside the show mix. Yeah, I understand. You know, and which is which was genius. It got the it forced you to watch for a lot of people, and that probably hooked a lot of people. The first episode last week, when it was outside of it. It it got somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half, maybe four million people. I can't remember the exact numbers. It wasn't like, it wasn't the 14, 18 million in Walking Dead. But oh, absolutely. It still is the number three show. I mean, of all of AMC and all that stuff. Are, right. So, I mean, you got to admit, that's pretty freaking great considering the level of shows that come out, you know, AMC wise. And, and AMC has to be just thrilled with the fact that they're going to have another, because they can move it now. It doesn't have to overlap with Walking Dead anymore. No, it doesn't. If, it can, it you know can be self-contained. Saying? You're going to have two Walking Dead seasons. You're going to have a Better Call Saul season. And now you can have it into the Badlands season. No, no, and no, and you're missing year. another one. Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, 15 and Fear episodes, the Walking Dead. Right. 16 episodes of The Walking Dead. Better Call Saul is on the same exact time as the second half season of Walking Dead. As True. well as they have Preacher coming out next summer. I mean, AMC has got, they're loading. See, they're going to have an 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock lineup year round that will dominate all other channels. There's no doubt. I mean, that's huge. Preacher is going to be massive. I hope so. I I don't know. That's, That's one of those shows where, like, you don't know a soul in that show. I, I mean, I really don't. I don't Let me I'm tell you like, who you know. You know Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. That's who you know. Yeah, that's true. You're going to know that they're going to want to create, because they're super nerds, they're going to want to bring the comic book to life. Well, I, I'll give you that. The other part of this is, too, is I can look at the same argument. Is, is look, into the Badlands. Do you know a single character off this besides Lance Henderson now? Yeah, I mean. Realistically, totally it's agree. a whole new young cast or cast we're not used to seeing. So, kudos. I mean, the last time we watched a show that had an all-basically virgin cast was TBX, and unfortunately, it didn't make it after one season. Now, that's completely different. It was period piece, a lot harder to produce, and so on, in which it did turn out being really good towards the end. Unfortunately, it just wasn't picked up. But, um, I mean, this show has done really well for being such a niche show. Absolutely. And I think if they give it 10 episodes, that's a hell of a 9 o'clock show. It really is. It yeah, really I mean, is, that's know. fantastic. In comparison to what else? I mean, go for, yeah, I mean, what do you you just don't want it to run up against a Game of Thrones. It can't go up against a Walking Dead and it won't have to. Um, what's the other massive show, a True Detective? We're not even sure it's going to get a season 3. Yeah, we don't even know that's going to be another one of that one. Fargo is getting season 3. They've already plugged it for it. But yet. they're not a 9 o'clock show, are they? Fargo's Monday or Tuesday night, too. So they're not Sunday. Right, they're not going to run up on each other. So there's not a lot of shows that are going to run up against it that they have to stress on. No. I mean, realistically, it's Sunday night, 
which they did this one was that is your walking dead and your Sunday night football this time of the year, the rest of the time. No, you, you compete with game of Thrones is the big one. And of course the other half of walking dead. And then of course, fear of the walking dead will be on Sundays and they've already slated that for the summer. So realistically into the badlands is going to have to be the end of the year, like this time. And so it'll be part of the walking dead lineup. So it'll be the 10 o'clock show, which I'm not crazy about because I actually enjoy watching the Talking Dead after the Walking Dead. You know, uh, some of the dialogue is not necessary, but I do enjoy the little tidbits. I love the, the learning the background information and the other things going on. I think Chris Hardwick's a, a great comedian, so uh, I'm but curious I, how they're going to do that. But I'd like to see them not piggyback Walking Dead. Just move it just past it because you have all of December and January open. The only thing I can think they can do Walking is, is they, February. they move it to a different night. I think they liked the fact one thing was like you said the Walking Dead audience just kind of sticking around for an episode but Talking Dead I think probably took a big hit not being directly after their numbers did go down because of that so they're going to want to balance all that you know what I mean so I could easily see them just move it beyond into December and January and let it be standalone and they'll find another show well, that'll they go. They could o'clock. do something different where you do four episodes for Christmas and four episodes after Christmas, and then that gives you that sets you up. As soon as Walking Dead's over, four episodes or five episodes into the Badlands, four or five episodes before you get to Valentine's Day for Walking Dead fills that holiday slot. Yeah, possible. I I look forward to seeing a one hundred percent guarantee for season two because I'm full on hooked on this show. Amen. So, Amen. But that's going to do it, man. That's that covers yeah, well, the episode. Let's get to the giveaway. Let's give it to the giveaway. I've been well, licking my chops. All right. So this was difficult. We know yeah, there was... No joke. What are you talking about how much paper I wasted on this little scenario? Right. Let, me, let, me, let me go ahead and tell the viewer what we had to do to come up with this uh, way to be able to pick this completely randomly. Um, you know, so, of course, you know, if you followed us on Twitter, you got an entry. If you reviewed us on a podcast site, you know, send us your information about it, and we checked it out. You know, we we, we gave you ten entries, and so we were like, well, we can't really jam a name out of a hat. That's a lot of daggum cutting paper stuff. So what we did was we we printed we put everybody's name, and if you got more than one entry because of whatever reason you did, you know, the review whatever, we just made your block larger for every name, and so we cut it all out and we put it on Jake's coffee table here, and we put a little barrier around it, and uh, we took our uh, Bud Light bottle top and. <laughs> literally flicked it up in the air onto the table <laughs> and wherever it bounded and landed on and covered up whatever name more there was our winner and um our winner uh let me tell you what you're going to get before we name the name all right first of all sutter files who helped sponsor this which is of course sutter files santa was the giveaway she has got a surprise little gift pack that she is going to send you and we'll you get you, get her with you to get you on that. But as for us, what we wanted to do is consider this was a Sutter file or Sutter file Santa giveaway. We wanted to make our gift, our contribution to this is that the winner gets to select a podcast of their choosing on either any episode of something that Kurt Sutter's done or a movie like Southpaw or uh, or we could even do uh, a general podcast of maybe an entire season of something uh, uh, things we've heard and suggestions from other people we've talked to would maybe like if there was a certain season of Sons of Anarchy you absolutely loved we could discuss that whole season as a whole or was there that one really killer episode you just absolutely loved that maybe you like us to watch and just go down and break it down and talk about it uh, maybe we'll do too. You know, um, we're, we we want to kind of leave that up to you, but we're going to dedicate a podcast to you of your choice. Um, a Sutter cast. Basically. A Sutter cast. Exactly. I mean, that's what we're going to call it. A Sutter cast. You know, so if you want to do a, a single episode, uh, we'll say we'll do two of them. If we wanted, if you want us to do a, a season as a whole, you know, of one of his uh, epic shows, uh, we'll do one of those. And if you want us to do his uh, latest movie, Southpaw, we'll do it as well. You just let us know it's your choice as the winner, and we can't tell you thank you enough for entering, and hope you continue to follow us. And bro, who's our winner? What's her name? All right, 
First off, <laughs> we, I want you to know, this is the luck we have, and this is no disrespect. We have the worst luck with names. And, of course, <laughs> this young lady, which, hey, I'm, I'm very happy you won. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I am not even going to attempt this last name. But we're going to go with it. Go with it, bro. Who's, who's our winner? All right, well, her Twitter address is Jeanette Urios. That's what I'm going to assume how to pronounce it. Her last name is... You're a stegui. You're a is what I'm assuming. Okay. <laughs> you're a stegui. But Jeanette, you now, are our winner. Jeanette, you're the winner out of Georgia. That's uh, right. Congratulations. She's out of the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, we are very happy you won. And Jeanette, when you find out that you've won, um, go ahead and Twitter us and let us know what you're thinking we're going to do. And we are going to try to do, we're going to try to produce your pod that you won't, if, if one, two, whatever you choose, um, for right after Into the Badlands ends because they have their season finale next week. And so we're going to try to put it together and kind of make it around Christmas time, and uh, and it'll be dedicated to you as a Sutter cast. And let me, so let me we, ask you this: as one more option, would you be willing to do the Sons of Anarchy series general cast? The entire thing is a start to finish. Yeah, just you know. that's up to you, Jeanette. You just let us know a whole season, or the whole show overall. Um, which that's a that's a long range, um, or was there a couple episodes that were just like wow, you your favorites, abs- whatever, you're just absolute favorites, and you know everybody would agree with you and want to hear about it, or that's what you want to hear about. Well, like I said, Southpaw, whatever, we're up for it. Uh, we want to give it a shot. We, that's what we want to give away this year, and uh, we look forward to it. Um, but I uh, think first off, congratulations, Jeanette. But let me give my absolute thank you, thank you, thank yous. To everybody that's followed us, um, I'm trying to get to as many people as we possibly can to thank them um, and refollow them as well because we're interested in what y'all are looking at. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you to Angie over at Sutter Files for setting this up. Yeah, absolutely. She yeah. deserves the most of this. She created this. We, we joined along. She really got this going. She's the, she's the real angel behind all this. So if you're already a member of Sutter Files and you joined us, you, you need to be thanking her. And that's that's the way we feel about it. Absolutely. But guys, until next week, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see you then next week. Later. Later.